0: Welcome, Nathan. <laughs> Welcome, Dr. Carroll. How are you doing? I'm really good. How are you? It's been a heck of a day. <laughs> it really has. <laughs> my whole day has been off. It's been productive, but it's been off. I was supposed to be in Frankfurt, capital city. I was going to be meeting with a senator to advance a bill that influences and impacts uh, me and people like me under my licensure as the president of the board. This is my responsibility. He canceled on me through a staffer and a text message late last night, and I'd cleared my entire day. So as a result, I had to repopulate my entire day late last night, early this morning, and it's been pretty good. But I'm I'm a little discombobulated. So did you cancel? Did you cancel
1: appointments and then reschedule them again? Well, I had I had f-
0: kept that day clear. I had blocked it up. So
1: this whole day has been blocked. Well, why haven't you been here earlier with me?
0: Because I populated it with people That's who were on said, a waiting well, list last last night and early That's this right. morning. That's right. Got it. So people like you know to know if there's a cancellation they can get in before two or three weeks from now. Then yes, this is a good. So it ended up being good. But I'm um, you know it's different. It's different. A different is not bad. Kind of like this uh, this studio. Studio looks different today. It looks way different. The studio is in the midst of a metamorphosis. Yes, it is. Not the book by Franz Kafka, but the actual. And not the album by Lizzie McGuire. Very right. I mean, but the answer I mean the actual process of transformation <laughs> I believe that transformation is the primary event and purpose of the human life discuss transformation
1: is the primary event and purpose for a human life uh, I'm gonna buy some time Q Jingle Transformation. Do you want the jingle again? No, <laughs> uh, I, I agree. What do you think? Well, think about- Constantly changing and growing
0: and bettering ourselves, kind of like what this podcast is about. I mean, we are conceived into the process of transformation. Yeah, constantly. We literally don't stay as we are from the point of conception to this very moment for very long at all, If if at all. Yeah. There's always- growth. always. At least there's always change. I think we get to a point where we, are, we have to be conscious and intentional and deliberate and purposeful uh, about that change. Otherwise, we might be standing still, stagnancy equals death, or moving backwards, um, which of course could yield some, some depression. But I think that we are called to be intentional about moving forward. I think transformation is the primary event and purpose of the human life.
1: So then that
0: also walks
1: parallel with vulnerability. Say more. Well, I mean, if you're constantly transforming... Then you're throwing yourself, your mind, your body out there to become vulnerable. It's kind of like breaking yourself down when you're working out. You know, your muscles are rebuilding and they're getting bigger and more more strength and
0: tear it down, tear it down, allowed to rebuild. Yep, tear Mm -hmm. it
1: down, build it up. So let's let's talk about some vulnerability here. Okay,
0: okay, good. So there is. uh, Do you know the name Albert Camus? He wrote uh, the book The Plague and some other kind of uh, nihilist literature, I'm guessing he was kind of mid 19th century or I mean, 18th, 20th century, but he has a quotation that every act of creation is first an act of destruction, Mm. which is pretty neat, right? When you think about it, whether you're thinking about it um, theologically or you're thinking about it personally and professionally, in order to create, he says, first, you must destroy. The tearing down leads to the building up, which certainly goes along with uh, prophets Jeremiah and Isaiah in the Old Testament uh, and in the Hebrew Bible, that is. And there are others, uh, I think, who would argue that first we must tear down in order to build up. Uh, I see a hand. I'm going to call on the caller. Nathan. Yes. So let's speak personally and professionally.
1: So in 2015, whenever we acquired Miller Schapmeyer, so we started buying homes, what was I destroying to build up? What well, was destroyed to start building?
0: Uh, potentially the fear that you couldn't do it. Oh, yeah, maybe.
1: So it wasn't necessarily like you ruined your business, you no. needed to buy something
0: new. No, it's not a, not necessarily a material process of destruction. Got it. You might be destroying um, the story that you tell yourself or mental obstacles or intellectual challenges or personal kind of self-esteem Issues. So you see how powerful yeah. that is. Like, it, and this isn't me. This is Albert Camus. But I, I, think I don't know what he meant. But I think what he means by it is, in order to create, we have to first make space, and the space making is an act of destruction. It's removing what was there first. Hmm. Being
1: vulnerable is not fun. I can always picture myself in, in on that island in between like two lanes of traffic
0: on either side of me and I'm standing in my underwear. Okay.
1: That's what I think. When I think of vulnerable,
0: I'm like, "Eh." do you know why when most people think about vulnerability, they think about somewhat somebody in underwear? Uh, I That's really true, but I don't know why that that, I don't go there. Where do you go? Uh, I try not to go anywhere in just my underwear. A B I tend to go to um, actual, I think, probably fears or or worries or anxieties, even if you want to go that far. That's not as fun as being in your, you know, like. It doesn't sound like it's much fun if that's where you go. Yeah, that's obviously true. Why do you think that there is such a stereotypical resistance to vulnerability precisely within males, people who identify as males?
1: So you're saying people don't want to be vulnerable like people who identify n males do not mm-hmm. want to be well I think it just it humanizes them and it takes us to this them and me takes us to this uh we're not as superior as we thought <laughs> I don't know not superior in the sense of like over over the sexes but you know men are these stoic beings they're supposed to be that I think that's probably a good reasoning
0: but where does this come from?
1: Dumb people. <laughs> I don't know. It's societal, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of talk these days about uh, what's called toxic masculinity. Mm. Practices such as physical violence or um, emotional or intellectual um superiority however you know real or imagined um that reinforce this notion that men are dominant over women in the west which of course includes us and uh there have been i mean this is not just a a a gillette commercial issue right this is uh this is a, a scholarly conversation that people are having throughout the western cultures Uh, In psychology, in sociology, in anthropology, as well as in public health, obviously, because issues such as um, risk-taking, dominance, violence, um, emotional needs, emotional control, the desire to win, these are all aspects of of the public health uh, sphere as well. It impacts things like domestic violence and... um, the role of, of, of women in relationship with men, et cetera. So this is across the board, a sweeping conversation, I think that men need to be having, and, and many are, and there are movements within uh, circles of men that are trying to um, undermine and reform these pressures, socially, culturally, familially, that are being placed on men to be dominant, right? And this is interesting to me, and it's, it's, this is important because I, I read a couple of articles about this notion of the culture of toxic masculinity. And there was a, a, an article that was written, I can't remember when, I can't remember um, what medium, but I was reading on it, about it online, and it was Jocko Willink. And Jocko is the f- former Navy SEAL who's written a book or, or two or three. Doesn't um, he have a podcast? I think he does, yeah. He's appeared on, I think, Tim Ferriss. He's appeared on YouTube with Casey Neistat. He is, I think, a colleague of David Goggins. So a lot of people who have kind of popped in and out of our conversations. And he wrote an article about how it is problematic for men to let go of this sense of dominance, like that it's hardwired into us. And I don't have the article, so I can't speak to it, but I just remember having a visceral reaction to it negatively as I read it and I thought this is not what I would want if I had a son growing up I, this is not what I would want my son to read and to believe is true so I might I'll have to kind of, to kind of dig that up and 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 take a a, a closer a perusal of that you know peruse means actually to read thoroughly a lot of people think it means just to take a glance at something.
1: yeah I always thought peruse means just a glance at
0: it's a thorough read I'm gonna have to peruse that yeah mm. I need to peruse it as well but Uh, It is a problem, and of course, yes, stereotypically, maybe I would expect someone like Jocko Willink to write that, you know, we have to maintain our, our position of aggression, and that's a word he uses frequently in the article, remember that, aggression, which is very different than assertive. Assertiveness is the degree to which someone feels comfortable asking for what they want and need in a socially appropriate way. Aggression, of course, is a form of of, of direct action, oftentimes which takes the, the shape of violence or uh, maybe bullying some sort of control or dominance posture, which I, I don't I don't like at all. I,
1: my angle with this whole masculinity and dominance is all I want to do is to be a protector. Mm-hmm. Like when it, when it comes to women, it's like this chivalrous protector. Um, I'll generally speaking open, making sure that I'm protecting a, a speaking specifically to my spouse. I don't want anything to harm her. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to harm her. Sure. She could probably beat up more people than I could. Mm-hmm. But my point is, is as like the man that that's important to me now, as far as, you know, being uh-huh. aggressive or dominant. No, that is, there's, there's no need for that. I don't feel that I need to be superior to her and her inferior To me, or any woman. Speaking of, New York Daily Post just released an article about how 50% or, I, I think it's that number. Well, I do know that they're coming in droves. Millennials and females in the funeral profession are coming in droves. We've wow. already talked about it yeah. in the sense of all the, the team that the we data. have, yeah. but now we have the data from the New York Daily Post. And if you want to read that article, I'm sure if you type in New York Daily Post, uh, millennials, funeral directors, then you'd probably get it. it talks mm-hmm. about a lot of the 20-somethings coming in and taking over this uh, this profession. It's pretty exciting.
0: I think this is an important conversation and I think and I do want to come kind of circle back around to vulnerability because I think this is a a powerful kind of way into that conversation because it's not just about letting down your guard and telling everybody about who you are and being honest and that's not all that vulnerability is. You know, I think vulnerability is to some extent owning up to the fact that we might have these impulses and maybe those impulses aren't very good ones. I can tell you for a fact on a personal note that there are occasions when... I feel that urge that you just talked about, that kind of protector thing. And there seems to be something innate in me that, and I think this is probably true of a lot of people, not just males, but I definitely know it's true of me. There is this inherent call to action when I believe that someone in my tribe, by which I mean my wife and these four girls, is in danger we have been in um, many many big cities whether it's been uh, chicago new york or paris or whatever and we i have observed people observing my family because you know it's it's not unusual but it is um distinctive it's this, very distinctive
1: that's a good word
0: that there is a, a, a male and then five females and they're all together like there's this gaggle of children all of whom are girls and i get a lot of comments and they're they're lovely and it's sweet but I also notice people noticing, and I think it's kind of my role. And I don't, I don't set out to do it. I just recognize it. And there have been uh, two occasions that I can think of where I have felt there is a physical need to separate a potential threat with my family. And without even thinking about it, I just slide my body in between those, between them and that, whoever that might be. And I don't think that there was ever any real threat. Oftentimes that has to do with mental illness or drug and alcohol use, especially in big cities when you have people who don't know boundaries. And, but it didn't matter. There was something in me that innately slid in between my wife and these girls and that person. And it wasn't a matter of thinking and it wasn't a matter of, uh, of masculinity and it wasn't a matter of aggression. It was a, an automatic response to this kind of perceived Threat of some kind. And I, I do think that that's, that's a part of, of my makeup. I am aware of that, though, in the sense that I can't go around seeing people as threats. We're taught to be fearful. When I was growing up and we'd go to big cities and school groups, they would always say, Never look anyone in the eye. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing ever. Never be a human. Because it's, it's, it's perceived as an act of aggression, you know? And that's true of, of some canine species. I'm not sure how true that is of people. Yeah. Um, but you see it all the time. I mean, if you're, in a, if you're in a larger Metropolis area, and some of you who are listening are, you'll notice if you look up, m- most people aren't, they're not looking up. That made me think of the article that was released about, and this is
1: really sad, the 20, uh, the young woman who took her life, the dietician, or uh, she, she was a, a food, look it up. Uh, you're talking
0: about the chef? Recently? The
1: young woman in in her suicide note, it said things she's going to miss was uh, making eye contact with complete strangers. Wow. Obviously, it had held a lot of weight to her and probably to many that that interaction with people was actually a blessed one.
0: That's very sad. It's
1: actually very sad that, you know, uh, someone felt that they were alone and so lonely. So. With that being said, if you or someone you know is struggling with those thoughts, there is help. There is most certainly help out there. So, And we can give you that number if you would like to to have that number. I think
0: that's wise.
1: Again, if you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts or needs help, uh, whether it be uh, a therapist or by calling the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. Again, please don't remain quiet. Please have yourself or someone that you love call 1-800-273-8255. Please lend out that hand.
0: It is absolutely normal for people to think about uh, their lives ending. Uh, be- it becomes a huge concern when people begin to think about how to plan for that to happen. Right? Absolutely. So don't feel um, scared, please, to talk about it because it's completely normal. It's when you start to really think about making it happen that it becomes um, a-, a fear of people who love you and who want to take care of you. So let let someone do that.
1: The last forty, wow, episode forty-three. The last forty-three episodes, I feel that I've grown as a human. So we talk about vulnerability to, today, and and we've talked about previous podcasts ago, friendships, and coming as you are, and and something that hit me with the episode with Brent, and we're so grateful for Brent and and him being here with us. Was, you know, with this, I was talking about with this podcast, our hope. I was speaking for you, but I think you agreed with me. Like becoming vulnerable for me to acknowledge the fact that we are putting this out there and thinking and feeling and hoping the things that we are in hopes to bless, encourage, inspire, cause someone to think. My point is, is I have a huge responsibility, just like you who are listening have a huge responsibility with the bubble, with the world that you are in to be the best version, the best possible human uh, for yourself and others, and I'm like I'm really excited about that. You know, people who aren't necessarily vulnerable, I don't think have that realization because they feel that they need to maintain this. I don't know this facade. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm making my point, but I'm really excited. So if you don't know what the heck I just said the past minute and a half, just know that I'm excited that I've realized that it's okay to not have it all together. It's okay to just realize that, you know, my hope is to help myself and
0: others be better. So what do you think it is about vulnerability that is hard? Like I I get the whole, you know, walls and self-protection and self-preservation. and I I get that, but what's really going on? I, I will tell you this. From the standpoint of the musician
1: in me, being vulnerable is when I wrote some of the most incredible songs, mm-hmm. like the, the you know songs that were nominated, the songs that were placed, the songs that were played all over the place. I don't, I don't know. I don't have as hard of a time with it. I just don't want people, maybe people don't want to take that mask off. And I think you yeah. talked about that in the, yeah, like, in we the beginning of the podcast, this mask.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, I think that relationships <laughs> always benefit from vulnerability. Um, something I've learned um, from living alongside my wife uh, is that she really wants, that's all she really wants. It's never about material things. It's never about money. It's never about anything other than she just wants to know me fully, which, you know, it's pretty humbling that somebody would think that way but yeah that they want just yeah. that they want to know like the ins and outs of what makes you work and makes your mind tick and makes your heart beat like that's very humbling to think someone thinks so much of you that that's what that's really all that they want in that relationship and i'm i have to say i have not perfected the art i am a very slow learner when it comes to this that surprises me
1: i mean for somebody who's like really quick to say, oh, I cried during, you know, Queer Eye or whatever show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great show. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it just is. It's, uh, you know, there are certain things that I think about during the day or, or quandaries that I find myself caught in intellectually or emotionally that it's not that I'm not, I'm intentionally not sharing things. I mean, I think that's true sometimes. Oftentimes it's just that I don't think to. And that, Inside of that is a problem that yeah. I wouldn't think to do that because it, it comes across as a failure to trust your spouse who is saying, I want in, please let me in. I've let you completely in. And then I'm like, oh no, yeah, you're, you're totally in. And then there's something like, oh yeah, I've been thinking about that for a long time. Why haven't you shared that? And it's like, well, either I didn't want to or I didn't think to. And both of those are kind of lazy and Lazy, Yeah. Yeah so i've I've really learned that it is a virtue that to uh, to be loved in that way, and I think vulnerability itself is a kind of virtue I don't think we do anything for ourselves, male or female, by pretending that something that is happening isn't happening it we only hurt ourselves so what ends up happening is we actually become weak by not being vulnerable because we protect what in us is broken rather than expose it to the light which heals. So we end up becoming weak as a result of our failure to show vulnerability when most people think that showing vulnerability is itself weakness. It's the opposite. Hmm. Vulnerability is strength. Period.
1: I'll be vulnerable right now. Do you want to hear? You ready?
0: You're gonna share it anyway, aren't you? Yeah. I just okay. wanted to get the affirmation because I'm ready.
1: I'm, I'm nervous. I'm ready. You see how I sit with my legs crossed. See where my knee touches my leg right there? Yeah. There's a small bald spot on my calf. So much better. Yep. Just going to leave that
0: out there. You can put it in your pocket and take it home with you. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm better because of it. Good. Um, Good. What else do you feel the need to uh, wrestle with as you try to become a more vulnerable self? I...
1: I still am the thirteen-year-old teenager that wants people to like me. You know, we like being liked. Mm-hmm. How, do, how does that? Uh, how does that hurt you to not be liked?
0: No. How does? Oh, it definitely takes away. The it fact takes that you away. continue to house that thirteen-year-old, yes, it takes away. Teenager. Like
1: instead of let's even let's talk about like a uh, going to an event, going to an event, for instance. Oops, sorry. I didn't mean to knock your phone out, out of your hand. Oh, no, uh, you're good. <laughs> Dr. Carolyn <and> we're <laughs> over here playing footsie. Uh, no, the going to an event, for instance, instead of being mindful of the party that I'm with, the table, I might be looking around and not being mindful of the people that I'm actually are investing their time in me and with me mm-hmm. as I look through the crowd
0: to see who may or may not like me. And I think I've referenced a crowd and stuff before. You've talked recently about how you like to talk to people whom you don't know, and you don't like going out much these days because of all the people whom you do know. Golly. Yeah. And all of that seems to me to be wrapped up in your anxiety that people are thinking about you, A, and they're thinking negatively about you, B. Just so you all know, I'm crossing my arms now. His arms are crossed, his legs are crossed you, full closure. <laughs>
1: Ridiculous.
0: <laughs> so, you know, I, I think, first of all, you'd be very welcoming of the news that most people aren't thinking about you at all. Thank goodness. And those who are uh, aren't thinking negatively about you. And those few who might uh, are probably doing so because they want something that you have.
1: Like my shoes. It's my double buckled shoes,
0: the double monk's wrap. I think. Yes, that's yeah.
1: that's correct.
0: But uh, it, it could be it could be any anything. It, it could be a, a kind of intimidation. It could be one of those things as we've talked before that people seem to not be happy when other people are happy. Uh, that people like to inspect. It could just be curiosity, like you know, who's in the zoo? Are we or are they? But at the end of the day, who cares? Like really, and I don't say that flippantly, but really, who cares? Who does? Why does it matter? I don't know, and it sounds like you are shaping some of your interactions on the basis of that absolutely anxiety mm-hmm, which gives other people, nameless and faceless people who have some unspoken threat or desire to hurt you in some way, socially or otherwise, a lot of power. hm and it takes power away from you, making you weaker. You know, the root word of vulnerability is vulness, which means to wound. Hmm. This is, I think, in part why people are afraid or are reluctant to show vulnerability because it is a gaping openness to harm, which is what a wound is. I'm going to stick that in my pipe and smoke it right there. There's this wonderful text where Jesus says, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. And everyone's like, wait, what? You're the Prince of Peace. You can't bring a sword. That was my Jim Gaffigan impression. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Um, but I think what that means is that uh, it's one of those wounds um, that has to happen in order, to, in order for healing to happen. It's like the, the sword inflicts the wound um, that itself can only be healed by vulnerability. We have to wound ourselves. We have to open up our closed offness in order to let healing come, which comes in the form, I think of community, whether it be with a spouse, with children, with friends, coworkers, family. Mm. So uh, a word to you, Nathan, I want to challenge you. This is your homework. This is your yes. takeaway. Okay. Get my notepad. I want to challenge you to consider all the facts and decide for yourself how much power you're willing to give everyone else. And if you thought of that power, like people think of money, how much money would you be willing to give them? If you had a hundred thousand bucks, would you be willing to give them 50,000 in order to walk into a room and fear what they're thinking about you? Probably not. So why would you give them all your emotional energy? All you have is what you have. Can't make any more. So turn your eyes toward what you know to be true, yourself, your family, your own life, your commitments, your values, your virtues, your passions, your goodness, and your brokenness. And allow people to think what they will because they're going to anyway. Nothing you can do to change it. Mm -hmm. And enjoy your life. And those who want to look from the outside in, that's fine.
1: You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are welcome. We started talking about a topic and then it became a therapy session about me so that we could redirect.
0: And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Dr. Carroll, I appreciate you. It's true of all you. of us. It's true of all, It's true of me too in um, one way or the other. I, I struggle with it too. As I said, I'm a slow learner. Yeah. It's not too much other people. But a great dresser. But what? what we wear is important. You, you always look good, man. Thanks, man. I'm very casual. I still want that red shirt. Just saying. It's at the cleaners. Uh, which one? Which cleaners? Yes concord downtown Owensboro. it's not there anymore <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen well played. yes
1: you all are loved far more than you'll ever know until next time i am nathan morris
0: i'm jonathan be vulnerable or die trying.